Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Okay. Who knows this? That our our identity, we tend to express it. Whatever's we're kind of thinking internally, we kind of express it externally, right? I mean, we, 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 we try to do things to show who we are. No, we, we, there's certain things. There's maybe, maybe, uh, there's maybe our, our job would be a reflection of who we are. Our house that we live in would kind of maybe be a reflection of who we are. Our friends group, the people that we hang out with, that can kind of be a part of our identity or our achievements. I've done this and I've done that. Or our skill set, what we can do. Or even sometimes our partner or, 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 or where we've been. Our, our travel diary can be a part of and form who we are as people. Or our income can also be one of those things that forms our identity. And all of these things are actually fantastic things. These are great things. These are good things. These are, these are things that we get to enjoy as part of being in this world. God has created us. He has placed us here. And he's put these things around us for us to have. You, there's nothing wrong with a person having a fantastic income, traveling all the world, having a great job, having a great skill set and having great friends and an amazing partner. I know I've got an amazing partner. She preaches like a gun. Uh, you know, and there's nothing wrong with, with having amazing achievements behind your name. You know, Ryan Waters, dot, doctor, this, that. I don't have any of that, but I wish I did. You know, sometimes I just do it in my diary when I'm doodling on the phone, just Ryan Waters, doctor. No, I don't really. Okay. These are all good things to be enjoyed, but here's the problem, okay? The problem comes when these are the reinforcements, I want you to remember that word, reinforcements, for our identity. What's a reinforcement? Why does a tank need to be reinforced? Why does, a, why does an armored car need reinforcements? You know, uh, you see some of the consular cars getting around. And I can see those cars have the double glazed windows that if you were to shoot a bullet, not that I was thinking of it, uh, just let it be known, but if you were to, that bullet is just going to bounce off that window because it's hard and thick and double pane glass. You can see it's one inch thick. You ain't getting through that window. It's reinforced. Why is it reinforced? Because there's something soft inside. There's a human being inside that doesn't take bullets too well. You understand? That's what reinforcement is for. Reinforcements is, is there to protect whatever weakness is inside of that container or the vehicle or whatever. And here's the issue. When our identity is reinforced by the stuff that God has blessed us with, it becomes a problem. Because it makes a really bad reinforcement. Because who's lost a job before? Who's been standing in a room where you're in, an interview, you're in a job interview and the person next to you has more things after their name because they did their double degree and they did this and that and you're suddenly feeling not so secure in your identity, right? When your identity is your reinforcement, you're going to face an issue. And what happens is we, we, tend to, we tend to try to prove ourselves too much, Right? I mean, I've found myself doing this. And we feel like we're just not good enough. And we can be living through life and, and the preacher and the person and the internet and everybody says you need to be content, but you don't feel content. Why? Why don't you feel content? Because your reinforcements aren't working. 
Because on the inside of us, there's a heart made of flesh that needs to be protected, that needs to be looked after, that needs to be secure, that needs to be told sometimes it's all okay. doesn't matter who you are, what you do, what you got around you. We all face fear. We all face pain. We all face hurt. We all face stuff that we cannot control, that we wish we could. And all of these will mess with our identity if our identity are things that we put around us, which are actually things that God has given just to bless us, just because He loves us, but we've made them into something that they could never be. Now, I want you to listen to me. When we begin to walk down that path where we are making our reinforcements the stuff of life, our jobs, our skills, our achievements, our partners, our travel, our income, our friends, our houses. What tends to happen is we start to feel like we're not able to keep up and it does affect our contentment. And it actually goes back to the Bible. I'm going to show you how. Now, what I'm about to tell you, you have to come to the Journey series. We do it every week, mostly. It's on every week after church, and it explains things in a, deeper, in a deeper way of how we go about things and what we're actually doing here as a church and what we're trying to teach everyone here. What I'm about to teach you is in the Journey series in a deeper way, but I'm going to kind of skim over it. See, there was two trees in the Garden of Eden. There, who knows this? There was two trees in the Garden of Eden, okay? There was the tree of, of life, which Adam and Eve could eat of. And there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Those two trees. When we make our achievements, our stuff, our identity, all of those reinforcements, our identity, what do we end up feeling like when we're not good enough? We feel like we need to do more. We feel like we need to have more. We need to, we need to, we need to do something else. It's a lot like what happened with Adam and Eve when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? See, Satan, he said to them, he said, listen, you'll know more. You'll be like God. But as soon as they ate it, they felt vulnerable. And actually, it was the first time they actually realized that they were naked. And they had fear in their world. They had fear in their heart because they were eating from the wrong tree. They had everything in the garden. They had it all. They had whatever they needed. They had access to the tree of life. They had eternal life. And God had just given it to them and said, here, just enjoy. All of this is yours. Everything that grows from the ground, everything, all the beasts of the field, whatever's in the ground, whatever gold, diamonds, rubies, topaz. I'm just thinking platinum. Iron ore, coal, it's all yours, baby, have it. Right? It's all yours. But as soon as they ate from that tree, which wasn't their identity, which wasn't who they were, they realized, hold on a second, we can't be like God because we can see what God actually calculates here. He is the one that's meant to be calculating, calculating between wrong and right between good and evil and see when we get on this train with our identity oh i need to i need to do this and i need to oh that would be wrong or oh, that would be right oh that would be wrong that would be right oh no oh it's not working out oh gosh I, I don't know i'm gonna fall off the train here i'm feeling insecure that is the tree 
of the knowledge of good and evil, when you have already got access through Christ to life, to everything, to blessing. He's already given it to you. So you make your whole life trying to prove who you are when it's already been proven. That's what the cross is about. That's what the gospel is. Is that Jesus came, even though we were lost, even though we had separated ourselves from God, He came and gave Himself and rescued us back into relationship with Him so that we could have life, so that we could live blessed, so that we could live in hope, so that when trouble does come, and it does come, who knows that trouble comes? When trouble does come, we're secure because our identity is not in ourselves and all the things that we need to protect ourselves, but our identity is in Him, in Christ. Yeah, you can clap. You can get excited because I know I am. Uh, you know, God, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 to 14, this is the crazy thing about God. If you haven't seen this before, I mean, it blew my mind when I read it. Moses was wondering who God was. Moses was one of the first guys to kind of have a conversation with God in the Bible. And uh, it's early on in the Bible, like it's a long, long time ago. In, in verse 14, uh, Moses, Moses, says to, Moses says to God, like, God, like, you know, the Israelites, the, the people, so he was up on a mountain, okay? He was up on a mountain. He's talking to God. The people are waiting down. And he's saying to God, God, uh, listen, who do I tell the people that you are? What's your, what's your name? What's your name, God? Like, tell me your name. Okay? <laughs> What's the song? <laughs> Rachel's singing. <laughs> I'm not going to try. So, uh, what is it? Verse 13. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, Well, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, Listen to this. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. If I was Moses, I would have been like, I, I, I don't get it. Like, is this a joke? <laughs> it's a good way, God. I am. I am. What, your name is I am? My name is Ryan. Your name is I am? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> That's not what God was saying. What God was saying is I just am. Or what God was saying is you can't put me in a box. Well, what God was saying is, you can't categorize me. Another translation of this I am is, 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 is this, is I will be whoever I will be. You know, with God, we always try to categorize Him. Why do we try to put God in a God? We try to make a thing out of God. We try to make it a thing. We try to make it a something we can look at. We try to make it something that we can kind of understand. Listen, He is none of those. He is God. What shall I call you, God? Um, I am. I just am. I just exist. I just am who I am. You can't put me in a box. You can't do anything with me because I'm God. And us in our human minds, looking for security, looking for some way we can kind of box something, we can understand it because that gives us a sense of security. We'll always be trying to box God in. We'll always try to, try to get Him into a place where we can understand. We'll never understand Him completely. You never will because He just is. Only God can stand alone in his own right. That's why he's God. Only God can stand alone confident in who he is without having to even give himself a name and just say, I exist. 
I just am. See, that's what makes God God. That's what separates us as human beings from God the Creator, our Father, right? Now, Jesus, when He came, and who was Jesus? Well, the Bible says that Jesus was the Word of God. Have you ever, have you ever tried to get to know someone who doesn't talk? Pretty hard, right? Like, if they don't talk... I remember there was a friend of mine who did a speech fast. And it was really hard to understand what he was talking about because he, well, he wasn't talking. It was hard for him too to do that speech fast, right? Because he couldn't talk and explain who, what he was thinking, what he was feeling, what he was talking about. See, God's Word was Jesus. In other words, the way we understand who God is, is through Jesus, he came in the flesh, he walked as a man, just like you and I, so that we could understand him. Now Jesus comes in John chapter 8, verse 58, and what does he say? He says, I'm in the law, Moses commanded us, what? No, that's not it. 58. What's that? That's all right. It's okay. Shall I? Shall I? John 8, 58. I hope I've given you the right reference, otherwise, you know, like egg on my face. <laughs> huh. Very truly, I tell you, when people were asking who Jesus was, very truly, I tell you, Good job there, Sam. You're awesome, man. Give Sam a hand. Thanks, Harry, for clapping for Sam. Nobody else wanted to clap. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys don't understand how hard that job is right there. That is the hardest job apart from the preacher. And if you all want to serve in that area, please uh, let us know. We'd love to have the help because it's a hard job. You've got to do all the words. Anyway, so, so um, let me get back to this. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered when they questioned him as to who he was, before Abraham was born, what does he say? I am. You know what they did after this? They stoned him. They threw, they started throwing rocks at him because they just couldn't understand. They're like, that's what, that's, nobody has had, no one has said that except for God before Moses. And he even goes before Moses and talks about Abraham. Everyone was so offended. But Jesus was calling himself God at this point in time. Why would he do that? Why would he go to such lengths to make sure that we know who God is? Is because we need to know who God is. We need it for our security. When we begin to realize that we need God, and we begin to realize that through Christ we can actually have a relationship with God, we begin to become secure, and in our security, our whole identity is actually protected. Because no matter what happens, no matter what changes, no matter what we go through, we are not shaken because we are with the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who gave it all for us. Amen. And then, later on, oh, well, I don't know if it was later or sooner, but when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, and this was just as revolutionary. In, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he says, he says, this is how you should pray. This is how you should pray. 
They're all ready for some sort of mantra that they need to repeat, 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 like they have to go and stand in a certain place and do a certain thing and make sure you do it the right way and all of that sort of stuff. Otherwise, God's not going to hear you. They're expecting something like that. But God, Jesus just says, he just says this. He just says, very truly, I tell you. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he says, when you pray, pray like this. He says, our Father. Now, hold on a second. Who is this God, this I am? No, no, we're separate. I I mean, he's God, you know. No, see, the whole point of Jesus coming and doing what he was doing and what he did was to restore a relationship, re- relationship back with whom? With whom? Just random human beings? No. With his brothers and sisters. You know, Jesus is our big brother. He's our older brother. He's gone and done everything before us so that we could follow him like a sister would follow her older brother. When I see Elijah and Willow, my little girl and my little boy, she just follows him around. She doesn't even know why she's following him around, but she's following him around because he's the big brother and she's just like, I'm cool with this. (laughs) Sometimes Elijah's just like, Willow's following me. (laughs) But most of the time, he just loves it. See, Jesus came as our big brother to come Die on our behalf. Be the sacrifice for us so that we could be restored back to the Father. And and Jesus is beginning to reteach people and reshape people's thinking because he's like, when you pray, pray like this, our Father. Because you're talking to your Father when you talk to the Creator. This This is a relationship between a son and a daughter, a son and a father, or a daughter and a father. This is a close relationship. Here's the thing with God. Here's the thing with Jesus. When you begin to walk with the I am, He will begin to show you who you are. When you begin to walk with the I am, He's going to begin to show you who you are. And who are you? You're a daughter of the Most High God. You're a son of the Most High God. That's your identity. That's your security. The one who spoke and at his word, light came into being. The one who spoke and and at his word, the ocean separated from the earth. At his word, the stars appeared. At his word, life was created. At his breath, life came into you and I. When you begin to get to know the I am, he'll begin to tell you who you are. Are you wondering who you are? It's in Him. It's in Him. Are you wondering what your identity is? It's in Him. Are you wondering why at times, no matter what happens, no matter how strong you are, you still feel insecure? It's in Him. It's in Him. It's in Him. Our Father. Our Father. My Father. Jesus came and modeled prayer for us so that we could know what prayer is. And and it's all there in the Bible. It's all there. It's all there in the New Testament. But how, how often do we just kind of overlook this and wait for the preacher to kind of preach it and we kind of believe what he says? But God wants you to do a little more than that. And this is where you can begin to apply 
some stuff from this sermon about your identity, about who you are in Christ as a son, as a daughter. The first thing you've got to do is surrender to him. You know, sometimes we come to God as, well, not sometimes, we come to God more like orphans than anything. You know, an orphan has to work his way through the world without really knowing where he's got to go. And he's got to make it work. It doesn't matter who's slapping him, who's doing the wrong thing with him. And, and even for some of us who've had interesting relationships with our parents, we've had to kind of make our own way through the world, right? And when we come into God, we're so used to doing things our own way and getting things done the way we want it to do. Who knows what I'm talking about? When, when, when you come into God and he's like, I'm your father, you're like, well, I'm a rebellious teenager. <laughs> and it's not going to be that easy with me, God. Well, I'm going to do things my way. I'll see if you, I'll, I'll test you. <laughs> we'll see if you can work out, God, because uh, so far it doesn't look like there's been much help from you, right? Who knows what I'm talking about? We come in as this, like this, this kind of wild orphan. But God waits. And the picture of, that comes to my mind is the picture of the, the father in the story of the, of, the, of, the, of the prodigal son. If you don't know the story, it's where a son had gone away from his father and realized that he needed his father. And he thought, I'm just going to go back as a slave. And his father was waiting on the front porch of the house, waiting for his father. He saw his son coming home. He jumped off the porch and ran towards his son. And that's what God does for us is we surrender. So we come and say, okay, I surrender. That's why when Jesus called the disciples, I won't go through the scriptures, but in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, you'll see when Jesus calls the disciples, he says, come follow me. Come follow me. And it's not an act of submission of, of like, you know, like you, you kind of like, he, he's like just in control and you don't have a personality anymore. That's not what it's about. It's like a son coming home to a father. It's like a daughter coming home. And, and we submit to the rules of their home. And, and we become more like those who lead us. What are you submitting to? You know, we, we've all submitted to something. But if it's not God, it's going to cause insecurity. It's going to cause things in your world to be out of kilter. Some of us submit to money. You can tell by what you spend all of your time on. What, what draws you, what, what actually upsets you, what makes you upset, what, what brings insecurity, that's probably the thing that you have submitted to. I'm just saying, we have to make a diligent choice to submit to Him, come to Him and say, Father, lead me. And then, so first is surrender. Second is meditate. Meditate. Some of you are like, oh, I meditate a lot. It's what you meditate on, okay? <laughs> you know what this book is here? You know what this is? It's basically, I mean, you could, it's a lot of things. But in short, it's a, it's a love letter to you. Do you know what's in here? It's amazing. Meditate on this. Just meditate on this. Get to know what's in the Bible. In Psalm chapter 1, verse 2, 
King David, he worked it out. Why don't we chuck that one up? But whose delight is in the law of the Lord? And who meditates on his law? Day and night. Just go to, oh, can you go to verse 3? You got it? That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. Whatever they do, prospers. You know why? Because you're not making emotional decisions anymore. You're not doing stuff in haste. You're not doing stuff because, you know, such and such is doing it and they, we better do it too so that we look like we don't get kicked out of that particular group, people group. We, we, we're not doing all of those sorts of things anymore. It's okay if I'm, if, I'm, uh, if, I'm, if I'm married. It's okay if I'm single. It's okay if I'm in between. It's okay. It's okay. I don't care about what people think anymore because I am meditating on this thing. I'm not meditating on all of that stuff that people put on me. You know, every morning... And I'm not, I'm not telling you this, Christians or followers of Christ, to make you guilty if you're not doing it. I'm just, I'm just bringing it back to the forefront for you. Get in the Word. Get in it. It will change your world. Meditate on it. Make it you. Memorize it. Get it into your spirit. Because your identity will be found in Him as you do, as you surrender and as you meditate. And the third thing that you've got to do is start to confess it over your world. I, I, I don't know if you know this. Romans 10 verse 10. Just start to speak it over yourself. Just start to speak it over yourself. I mean, check this out. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith, your faith and are saved. So start to meditate on the word. Start to, and then start to speak it out. Hey, come on, you can clap. You know, there's this old school preacher that uh, I, I used to listen to. And, and there's a, a lot of guys that picked up this, this saying that he used to say. And uh, one of my favorite guys that I used to listen to was a, was a Singaporean guy. And uh, he used to say this in an accent, a Singaporean accent. It's a very distinct accent, the Singaporean accent, la, you know, la. Okay, and whenever I hear the, whenever I read this, I can hear him speaking in my head. It's like he's there, and he, but I'm not gonna say it like he says it because I don't want to muck around too much. But <laughs> I am <laughs> what the Bible says I am. <laughs> but this is the saying. I, I have we got it there? Have we got it there? I think I gave it to you. Well, I don't know if I did or not. I am what the Bible says I am. I have what the Bible says I can have. And I can do what the Bible says I can do. I love this. Why don't you stand up and say it with me? You've got to start believing this stuff. Now, some of you are like, okay, what does that Bible say? It says a lot. It says stuff like, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It talks about how you're the head and not the tail. It talks about how followers of Christ are the head and not the tail. I love that. It talks about hope. It talks about freedom. It talks about joy. 
It talks about love. I'm telling you, there's a lot that the Bible says about you and your identity. Do you believe it? Why don't you confess this with me? We got it up there? We haven't got it. I want you to repeat it after me. I am what the Bible says I am. I can have what the Bible says I can have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Look, just, just say that every day. And then get to know the Bible. <laughs> it's a key part. It's like, I can do what the Bible says I can do. And people will be like, what does the Bible say? I don't know, but I can do it. You've got to know. Because faith comes from hearing. You've got, you got to know. Bam, why don't you come? We're going to sing a song in a moment. We're just going to worship God for the next few minutes. But we can surrender, meditate, confess. And as we do these three things, surrender, meditate, confess, surrender, meditate, confess. We get into the house of God. This is prayer. We pray to our Father who's accepted us, who's brought us into a relationship with Him. He's beginning to restore us all of those things. There's another scripture that says that, that the things of the world will... Oh, no, that's a hymn. Sorry. There's an old hymn that says the things of the world will grow strangely dim. Why would they grow strangely dim? Because all of those things were the things that were your reinforcements, your security. You begin to see them for what they are. They're just stuff. They're not bad things. Nothing wrong with... All of those things. But they don't make for an integrous ship that will float out in the rough seas of life. There'll be holes in them. They were never meant to be that. Your income was never meant to be your security. Your job was never meant to be your security. Your spouse was never meant to be your security. Your last name was never meant to be your security. All of those things that we do, oh, you know. <laughs> what, what do you do? Oh, I'm a pastor. Oh. You know, I'm challenged by that every time I go out. Because people always do this. They go, oh. And then they think for a moment, do I have anything I can talk to this guy about? And then they go, no. And then they stand and look at me kind of blankly, hoping that I say something. It's always this silent moment. And I'm like, a, like the Mr. Talkative. I'm... Sometimes a bit awkward myself. So it's like I always get challenged by that. You know what? Who's my security? It's not found in my job title. It's not found in my income. It's not found in where I live. It's not found in the type of car I drive. All good things. Have them. It's all good. You think they're going to bring you security? You're mistaken. The only one that can bring you security is Him. And he's made a way. He's made a way. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai.
Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 